Welcome to a special episode of the Ask a Cycling Coach podcast presented by Trainer Road. I'm with Kate McLaughlin. Kate just finished 10th at Leadville, and you may remember Kate's name because we've recorded a podcast previously with you, Kate, uh, the Successful Athletes podcast. That was when you had an injury. You broke your th- you messed it, you broke your thumb or tore ligaments in your thumb. I can't yeah, ligament. yeah, yeah, and then. Uh, yeah. There we go. Yeah. Okay. So both. And then you had to work your way back to getting fit and you were like, I'm going to try out this trainer road thing. And uh, next thing you know, you won the silver rush 50, which is like the, it's like the 50 mile version of Leadville that happens beforehand. Uh, so we did a podcast on that. I'll link to that episode down below. I'm reaching out to you cause you just finished 10th at Leadville and I'm saying 10th, like 10th out of all the women, 10th, uh, which is so impressive an incredible result. Just a few weeks ago, you won Tahoe trail 100 as well. You've had an awesome season. Uh, so I wanted to connect with you, see how you're training, like what you've done to train for this event, uh, for Leadville in particular. And, uh, then we'll talk about what you learned executing today at Leadville. Cause this isn't your first time doing it. So maybe some things like here's what I did better this time compared to last time. And then maybe that can help some people. Um, so yeah, quick mini episode, but I guess, how did you prepare for Leadville to go 10th to finish so darn well? Yeah, so a uh, quick backstory. Uh, I used Trainer Road for the first time, like you said, preparing for Silver Rush. It was completely indoors, uh, and it went really well. Uh, and that was my first real training for a race, and then I did Leadville right after, um, all using Trainer Road. And then after that, I was like, oh, you know, I'll try out a coach, see how it goes. So last season, I actually tried out a couple different coaches, and I just wasn't completely inspired. And so I went into last winter and I honestly also wanted to save some money. Uh, and I, so I tried going back to Trainer Road last winter and I was like, okay, I'll just do it for the winter. And then I'll, you know, maybe I'll talk to some coaches, see if, if that feels right going into the season. But as soon as I started Trainer Road again, I was like, yeah, this is, this is working. I'm getting faster very quickly. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool to watch that happen so quickly again. And I actually did talk to a couple coaches uh, in the spring. And I, again, I was like, I think I can do this my own way with Trainer Road. So I stuck to the Trainer Road plan. I did Plan Builder. And I can dig into exactly what I did there. Um, and then I did add some more like tempo, sweet spot volume on, on top of my tra- um, on top of my trainer road plan. But yeah, I really just stuck to the workouts, and uh, it worked out really well for me. <laughs> Your FTP's uh, up to it's up its heights, high as it's ever been, higher than it's ever been. Um, and then your, your levels, your progression levels, like a video game character, if anybody's listening to this, like you basically have like your video game character has different strengths. Um, and same thing like us, we turn ourselves into video game characters, like, (laughs) and your threshold levels are just like sky high. Like you've, uh, the training's worked and you've gotten faster and you've been getting into like some properly hard workouts. Um, what sort of plan did you, what did plan builder give you for, um, for Leadville? And I know that before that you were also focusing on sea otter, which is kind of like intense. So maybe we'll step back to that and see what plan builder gave you to prep for that. And then as you reset coming into Leadville, how that was different. Yeah. So, uh, if you're not familiar with sea otter, sea otter is, uh, this year, the course is like 8,000 feet of climbing in April. So it's pretty early, especially for those of us living in Colorado. Um, but it's 8,000 feet of climbing really painfully. So it's, well, for somebody like me, uh, it's short climbs. 
there's nothing there's really not much it's long sustained climbing so it's death by a thousand cuts out there uh and one of my weaknesses that i identified last year that was very clear especially at like the start of gravel races and just any rolling course was uh, i was missing that top end power so i knew my weakness was you know vo2 stuff uh and i hadn't done a ton of that last year but even outside of cycling, like I come from a running background, track and field, and I was never a sprinter. I was always, so I knew I didn't have that like short, powerful stuff. So when I was doing plan builder, I think I defaulted to XC marathon, uh, but that didn't quite have the VO2 that I knew I needed. So I actually played around with the different options. And what I landed on was the climbing road race specialty phase. So I did the classic base phases and then um, build, right? I'm getting this right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. And then specialty, for the first specialty phase of the year, did that climbing road race, which is a lot of hard, really hard VO2 workouts. Um, and that took me through like the first few races of the year. And then going into Leadville, I did a specialty phase for XC Marathon because it's just really long threshold workouts. But what was cool in Turner Road, you can just change the drop down and see how it affects your plan. So it's easy to just look at what my plan would be for the next, you know, for the foreseeable future to figure out if it was the right fit for me. Yeah. Um, and then I assume that had you doing quite a lot of threshold work, probably some hard starts beforehand, that sort of thing, as cross country marathon typically does. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Hard starts, indeed. They were very hard. <laughs> um, yeah, so the workouts were a mix of those hard start into right into threshold. And then uh, by the end, I was doing... I finally conquered this workout right before Leadville that I'd failed all year. And there's few <laughs> variations of it, but I finally got it. So it's like just above threshold four by 15 minutes with 30 seconds break. I actually extended the break to like a minute, I think for each one, because otherwise I might've just died out there on a hill. Um, but <laughs> yeah, after that last 15 minute interval, I actually got off my bike and I sat on the side of the road and <laughs> yeah, I was on the verge of a panic attack. Maybe. No, I was fine. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was really hard. Uh, so once those progressions levels got out there, got up there some hard threshold workouts before level for sure. Yeah, I guess. Uh, and that's like, like, you know, you're getting way up there. We're looking at that. That's effectively like doing your threshold for darn near an hour, which at that point, uh, which I'm expecting, I'm like, I can, I anticipate an FTP increase for sure. Um, next time you use AI FCP detection, but with that, how did those sort of workouts, did that play into, I mean, Leadville is kind of a different beast because you have to pace it and like, you know, stay within yourself, but did those, those really hard workouts that kind of push you beyond what you think you can do, but then you end up nailing it. How'd that help on race day? Yeah. I mean, obviously it helped physically. I got faster and stronger <laughs> before the race, but I think it also really helped mentally. And fun fact, my power meter actually died in the first 30 <laughs> minutes no. of Leadville. <laughs> Yeah, so I had I had an idea. So when you're at altitude, you're you know this race. I think the average is eleven thousand feet. So I had a kind of rough idea of how much lower my power would be at altitude, 
And then I just tossed it to the wind because I was like, well, no power meter. I think this is the universe telling me, like, just go with your gut. You've done all these really hard workouts. Um, so mentally, you know, I just set 60-minute power uh, records in my workout. So I was like, okay, I know how hard I can go for an hour. Don't do that at Leadville because it will not pan out well. <laughs> it's a long race, and when you uh, go into the red at altitude, it's really hard to come back. But I knew, especially on that last power line climb, like, okay, if I go this hard at this feeling, I'll still be able to recover. So I learned a lot mentally from those those later workouts on the specialty phase. Yeah, we tend to like focus on the physical side a lot, and it's you know rightly so, but at the same time, can't discount the mental strength you get from it. So at Leadville, what'd you do differently this year? Like, what have you learned? What did you execute on well that you didn't know before or didn't do before? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I had a pretty similar strategy. Uh, I'm in the camp thought camp that at Leadville, you really have to race your own race unless you're, you know, in the top three to five women, I think it really comes down to pacing your own race. Um, <clears throat> it's great if you're if you are lucky enough to be in groups on the flats, but outside of that, it's just a time trial and an eating and and an eating competition, as people like to say. Um, so my only the only thing I really changed besides racing my own race was I wanted to go out harder. I knew it was going to start fast. I figured Keegan was going for the record, so it'd be a very fast start. And so I made sure to be on some wheels in that start. And last year, honestly, I was pretty conservative, like almost nose breathing on the first climbs. Uh, so I went a little deeper on that start. And I think that panned out well. And then for me, given my strengths, which is those long sustained climbs, I knew my race would really start at Columbine. So I actually on the flats between Powerline, the first big dis climb and descent, and uh, Columbine. I actually let one group go. I think it was just one group on that segment on the flats because that's just not my area of strength, and I knew I'd, I'd catch most of those people on the climbs. So, yeah, I'd say the big change was was going out a little harder and then just still sticking to my own race. Nice. Awesome. Uh, nutrition, everything go well there? Yep. I was fortunate enough to have uh, a little bigger crew this year. So I was able to go no pack, but I'll, honestly, I think people overthink that. And if you were a pack, it's fine. Don't, don't overthink that. Um, but I was lucky enough to not have a pack. I do feel like I nailed nutrition last year and it went well this year again. Um, although I think I actually drank a little too much water. <laughs> I had to stop and pee, uh, more than I expected twice. So, um, yeah. too much information. Uh, but <laughs> no, it's um, the real things we face. It's good to share. Yeah. 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 And that's another thing where it's like, yeah, you have to stop for 15 seconds, but you know, don't stress about it. Um, and when I stopped, uh, I was still, still able to catch a group, uh, on the flats. So it worked out. Okay. But yeah, it was cooler temps. So I didn't consume all of my fuel, but I do think I fueled really well. Do you know roughly like how many grams per hour you hit um, and maybe I, sodium too? Uh, yep. I was going for hundred grams carbs an hour and I hit it. And actually one thing I think I lucked out on is 
I actually took fuel, some fuel out of my hydration and did more gels this year, which I think worked out really well because of the cooler temps. I was drinking less, but I was still able to fuel well in with my gels. So, uh, I think I also had an emergency flask of gels. I use those like, um, plastic flasks where you can add three gels to it. So I always had that. I did take one of those. Um, but yeah, having, having more gels and less dependence on the, on the bottles helped a little bit. And then for sodium, I think I was around 800 milligrams an hour. So yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So I think I got pretty close to both of those. That's impressive. Except for the last, yeah, the last, uh, I don't know if you heard, but it did pour rain on some of us. Yes. Um, yeah. In the last, uh, I was at Carter. So it started pouring right as I was going to like one of the last ascents and I was full on shaking, convulsing. I was so cold and I did not drink or eat anything during that last bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're just trying to hold on to your bars, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> let alone. I couldn't feel my hands, so. <laughs> Jeez. And the temperature drops when that happens, like for people that don't understand, since you're so high up, uh, when that rain comes in and the temperature drops, it's down into like the forties and Fahrenheit and yeah. dumping rain and blowing wind. And it's crazy. Like you can get hypothermic, hypothermic so fast up there. So, uh-huh. yeah, I was shifting with my palm as Whoa. we're, I talked to some other women at the finish, like I couldn't feel my fingers. So I was like, well, I think I'm shifting. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. That's the, yeah. the, the reality, like, you know, we, we hear about like Keegan and Sophia and the ones that won and like the leaders and everything else. But like they get to finish a lot of the time before the like thunderstorms hit typically. So, uh, but then yeah. the average folks are the ones that don't need to get hit by thunderstorms yet. They do, you know, that's how it goes. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, but Kate far from average, I like so impressive 10th place, uh, way to go on stepping it up this year. Uh, I'm glad that we could check in with you and, and see how the season's going. If people want to get in touch with you, how can they find you on Instagram? Uh, my Instagram is Kate. K, the number eight, underscore McLaffin, uh, M-C-L-A-F-F-I-N, made that when I was like 21 years old, so. <laughs> no regrets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great, great name, great handle, but yeah, yep, that's, that's me on Instagram. <laughs> I'll link to it down below. Um, thanks a bunch, Kate. Uh, anybody, uh, you want to pass some thanks on to anybody uh, for? Yeah, just huge shout out to my fiance, Ryan. He uh, works for Lifetime Events. He's one of the senior marketing managers, and he was just immensely supportive during the race while balancing uh, working really hard in a lot of hours. Uh, so, yeah, shout out to him. And, of course, shout out to Trainer Road for making me a lot faster. <laughs> love it. Love it. Thanks, Kate. I'm stoked to check in with you. Uh, good luck for the remaining remaining races you have, uh, if you have any on the calendar for this season. And maybe we'll get to check in next year. Uh, maybe, you know, you finish fifth or something crazy like that. So. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Thank you so much. It's been, it's been great. <laughs> sure thing. Thanks, Kate. Bye.